The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. So today I have on a couple that inspires me so much with how they love each other and how they show up in the world. I love seeing, like if you were to follow this couple online on Instagram, uh, the wife is at that sex chick and the husband is at conscious.bro. And I love seeing their stories because it's like getting to witness like a rom-com or something day to day. And, you know, like Jordan can seem like when you listen to him on podcasts, you're like, how can this guy be so perfect? Like, like, is he faking it? No one's this perfect. But then you see Alexa's stories and she's like showing videos of him dancing every single morning, this like goofy ecstatic dance to like get his day going and like screenshots of him telling her how beautiful she is every, every minute on every story that she posts. And it's just, he is who he seems to be. And so is she. And I, I talk about that in this um, once they're on. But, you know, Jordan, the husband, he's super silly, but super sincere. And he's the bridge between the esoteric and the generic, inspiring higher truths through humor and radical authenticity. He's a men's coach, a kind of conscious comedian, his words, not mine, certified space holder, biohacker, world-class MC, and professional edutainer. I also love the words that he uses, and I'll get into that as well when, when they get on. He facilitates elevated connection by creating safe spaces to not play it safe, integrating bioenergetics, interpersonal polarity, sexuality, and social magnetism into work and play. I also want to add that during the live interview, we, we did it in person, so I'm recording this intro and outro at a later time. I accidentally call Alexa, Alexi, a couple of times. I know Alexa's name. I actually often refer to her as that sex chick, but I know her name. It's Alexa. I've been on her podcast. I've known her for, I think, a year now. But for some reason, Alexi came out of my mouth a couple of times. I have no idea why. And what was so cute is that Jordan is the one that reached out to me to point it out to me, uh, you know, a couple of days later. And I just love that. You know, he was like, I got this, like, I'm going to take care of my lady. Let me, let me set this straight. And he did it in such a fun, comfortable way. He made light of it. He didn't make a big deal about it. It's really not a big deal, but it does, you know, it is, it is kind of a big deal actually. And I just love the way that he took it into his hands and, um, it just, it goes, it goes to show 
who he is. And Alexa, his wife, I believe is why he's able to be who he is, because I think that women truly are the medicine in men's life that, you know, call them to rise and, and, and call them to lead. And, uh, you know, she spent her entire life healing, learning, and growing beyond societal and religious conditioning. And now it's become her life's mission and work to help others achieve epic sex in deeply fulfilling relationships on their terms and in the way that is best suited for them. She is also on a mission to help other sex and love professionals thrive in their businesses on and offline. I just love her so much. I relate to her so much. And she is a giant permission slip for me. I feel, I feel, you know, you know what comes up most for me with her is that she removes the shame, uh, the shame around what it is to be a woman, what it is to be in your pleasure, what it is to be sexually expressed. She just, she, and that, that is so healing because it's shame that is the root of so many problems. So such a medicine woman, and they are both committed to continuous optimization individually and as a couple. Please help me welcome the Bow Ditches to Untamed and Unashamed. <laughs> Yay. We're Yay. Here. Is that the first time on a podcast you've been introduced as that? Maybe as the Bow Ditches. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if there's been a it Mr. Mrs. So Bowditch. It does. Maybe Mr. Sense. Mrs. Bowditch. Most yeah. people say, um, I can say now our last name. Uh, Most people say our mm. our last name incorrectly. I think that was a first. You just really? said it just now. How do they say it wrong? Our last name. They say Bowditch. Bowditch. A lot of people oh, say Bowditch. That didn't even occur to me. My maiden name was Buckmaster. And I got made fun of a lot. That's that, well, awesome then, being name. called Buttmaster or Fuckmaster, like it's great now. <laughs> yeah. But as like a 10 year old, it's, it's <laughs> awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been wanting to interview you guys for a while now. I've reached out, you know, it's probably been what, almost a year I've been like talking about it. Uh-huh. Um, mostly to like sit at y'all's feet and learn and love. Uh, <laughs> Alexa, you're just so unapologetically yourself, like take mm-hmm. it or leave it. And that's, uh, some, I know I see that in you because it's also in me, but there's times when I'm like, Oh, is it too much? Mm-hmm. You know, like, should I be softer, you know, a little bit? Um, and so you're a big permission slip for me. And, and I really appreciate that. And there's also a fierce wisdom to how you carry yourself, mm-hmm. which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you're called the sex chick because <laughs> it truly feels like you make shadow work sexy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think many of us think of shadow work as sexy. So, <laughs> um, Jordan, the way you deliver such potent golden nuggets of super needed wisdom for men, especially, um, but also it's really refreshing for women. It's very healing for me. And I feel my body relax like each time. Um, partly because it's like, oh, there's men like Jordan who are leading and paving the way for men to cherish their queens. And the divine feminine, but also because of your vulnerability in it. Like you're just mm-hmm. so fucking honest and, and authentic. And I say the way that you deliver because you articulate everything with so much quirk and humor <laughs> that it also reminds me to stay playful with it. So mm-hmm. you're like bringing this like sexiness and this playfulness uh, <laughs> and to be able to read something that is so deeply needed to hear but also be able to giggle throughout it (laughs) is some really sweet medicine and uh I really I feel my body relax each time with that delivery so I'm super thankful but I'll also admit that I kept putting off like I was really really excited when we like landed the date to record this 
and there was all the things like normally when I have someone uh, on the schedule, I'll just like start the note, you know, in my phone and I'll start to like put little notes. And I noticed that with you guys, I kept putting off like even beginning the note or starting the outline because I felt like the woman on Valentine's day that just got dumped and she's like surrounded by all the couples that are like getting roses because um, me and I feel like me and my partner are always working through or struggling with something that is feels big enough to break us Mm -hmm. and we've currently been reading uh, conscious uncoupling I don't know if y'all are familiar with the book but it doesn't actually mean you you may uncouple but it's you know it's an option Mm -hmm. uh, through the work so I knew that if I started researching y'all and reading y'all's posts uh, it would I would start to feel triggered of like uh, damn it. Like I'm, I'm longing for that so deeply. Like why I like, you know, all of the, the ego stories that happen. But then I was like, of course, Jay, just put on your crown, like take them off the pedestal, <laughs> go be around them, get in their transmission field and allow them to be your expander. So super duper excited. <laughs> um, I know that was a lot to say. That was, <laughs> that was really sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. the last thing that I do want to say also is that, um, I remember we were at Adrian Grenier's birthday party mm-hmm. and I was, I mentioned to Alexi, uh, I really want to do a double date. I feel like, uh, I really want Tom to be around Jordan and, uh, I feel like there's so much to learn. And she said, Oh, every man can learn from Jordan. <laughs> and that meant so much to me because I am so used to being around couples that just do the little jabs, you know, it's like the passive aggressive, like put down, but it's used in humor. So it's like kind of almost like a joke, but yeah. there's some truth to it, you know? Yeah. And so I just saw how much she sees you as a king and also speaks to that king mm. you know so that was really a blessing for me too oh yeah. god i didn't remember i said that you look, love look me. at me <laughs> perfect i'm me. a perfect wife uh, <laughs> yeah that you are baby <laughs> Great. um and i talked to jordan um especially after hearing y'all's annie lala episode about maybe in the future doing an episode where you guys are doing a coaching session with me and my partner. He joins the call and not only people will be able to see what type of work y'all do and how beneficial it is, but how like real and honest you have to be in that situation. So, um, Maybe it'll be our saving grace. Maybe we'll need to take some MDMA. Start <laughs> <laughs> me with a good time. Come on. <laughs> um, but I'd love to hear y'all's story of how, I know it's a, a really cool story about mm-hmm. how you first uh, yeah. saw Alexi and mm-hmm. and uh just I'd love to hear y'all's story of of how that began and how y'all came to this place of such a sexy invincible place of love and uh <laughs> well there's our dog in the background it's okay he's uh um, he's excited about he's it. excited <laughs> because he got himself a mom out of this deal yeah um, <laughs> so I'd love to hear that story and uh-huh. uh, maybe if you could weave in the path of acceptance towards each other. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if Alexi was a sex coach when you met her. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you were probably loud when she met you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to to hear that part of the journey too, like how you came to accept each other. Cause that's a big piece. Yeah. So it's funny. This conversation is very top of mind. I feel like we've been telling a lot of people in particular of late, like this last weekend we met new people and dropped in. So I was telling the story a lot. So 
It's fun. It's yeah. a good one. I'm really proud of it. It's I actually the thing I'm most proud of. I just said you were loud and you so quietly sat down your cup. That's a mic. I was like, <laughs> Very oh, <wow."> mindful of that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. So um, let's see. This was a little over four years ago. And the sort of longish story, shortish, is mm-hmm. I caught her on a Facebook Live. You caught me. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, and actually, I don't want to bypass this part. So rewinding really quickly, the way I first was exposed to her was on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that's how we met was on Facebook. And, you know, this was, again, at this point, it's probably about five years ago. I don't remember exactly how it went down, but if I know myself, like I think I know myself, yeah. I'm pretty sure it went a little something like this. You know, the suggested friends <laughs> on Facebook. Uh-huh. Like a dog, hilarious. Like a- he's like been so quiet all day. You know? he's just <laughs> That's like, how it happens with kids. He's too. a ham and wants attention, just like his dad. Mm-hmm. Right, baby? Yeah. yeah. Wait till you have kids. Uh, I believe it. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're so, on a phone call? <laughs> <laughs> just oh, you're now. doing something really important. Yeah. Let me just have a full on meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So, suggested friends mm-hmm. on Facebook, um, many mutual friends hot tatted up chick talking about sex <laughs> ad friend <laughs> pretty sure that's how it went down and for the next maybe six to 12 months just liking posts here and there a little subtle comment creeping from afar kind of thing and but didn't have any direct communication or contact until i happened to catch her on a facebook live which there's so many little synchronicities at play that i even happened to watch her. I don't watch people's Facebook lives. Mm-hmm. So I was like one. I was on a plane and had internet on my phone and just all these things that would never normally yeah. happen were at play. And so I'm watching this conscious queen babeski here. <laughs> Didn't know she was that for me quite yet, but I also knew uh-huh. she was sharing how she had just gone. She was go- experiencing a heartbreak. Mm-hmm. So she's so eloquently expressing herself in the midst of this intensity Tears streaming down her face, but she's so cool, calm, and collected as she's just delivering what she's going through. Mm-hmm. And I was captivated. I was like truly mesmerized <laughs> by her. And so I sent her a voice note on Facebook expressing this much. And I had to put a little bit of the, the Jordan flair in there. Yeah. So I started with a little freestyle rap. Ooh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's something I'm somewhat known for. Like, Getting a little freestyle. It's unforgettable. Yeah. Being playful, being silly, being goofy, mixing it with vulnerability while still coming across as not so much of a try hard. Yeah. Where it's like, this is literally a part of who I am. You know, some people might try and put on. Contrive something. Yeah, contrive something or or lay it on extra thick. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Jordan's version of laying it on extra thick is like just Jordan. That's a part of when I, whenever I say things like everyone, everyone and every man could learn something from Jordan. And that's a big part of why I say that is because mm. he's so playful and yeah. so willing and present and will go goofy. So, you know, just so quickly, but also can can read the room and read a person and go, mm. oh, this is sincere. Mm. And so very emotionally intelligent. And I just, I mm. hear how my friends refer to us and refer to how we interact and they'll experience something that Jordan does for me and it's so I'm so used to it now and it's so playful and it's just back it's a back and forth between us but I'll hear one of them reflect oh my so and so my husband would never do that and I can hear the longing in their you know in their uh voice and in their 
and their energy that they they want more of whatever Jordan is showing up with. And mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to that now enough times I go, oh yeah, there's certainly some some medicine that he brings. Yeah, and it's super healing because a lot of us like want the way that you like look at her and you say out loud, like what how much she's a babe, you know, <laughs> um, your public display of affection on airplanes, like all these things. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we all want that, but there's this story that like, we're asking for too much or we're mm-hmm. living in a fairy tale land. So you just like, she's a permission slip to be so, you know, unapologetically herself, take it or leave it. Like, it feels like you're this permission slip to, to like, oh, my desires are like, they're okay. This, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are men who are comfortable enough to do this. So yeah, yeah super thankful. I love professing my love. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then every time now, are you doing this for me or for you? Totally. And that's a great call up because I'm a ham. Yeah. I love to perform. I love to be seen. I love to make people laugh and all those kinds of things. So certainly sometimes slash on some level, always there is me, I guess you could say performing, mm. but it's not necessarily a bad thing because mm-hmm the me like the end means justifies the end vice versa whatever and because I do love you like deeply and I love showing people that I love which I know so even when you when you get started and I'm like oh he's cooking up something (laughs) you know I I know that it's genuine regardless of you know what some what if a hundred percent of the intention is for me to feel the love because you know people love our love yeah and Mm -hmm. so you experience love through that and so I'm just I'm down for the whole thing and it doesn't ever (laughs) feel like it's coming from like a dark place or you trying to get something at our you know my love's expense or or our love's expense or um that it's not true yeah you know what I mean because the the difference would be if you were doing that and we were having a challenging time but you're that way even when we're having a challenging time (laughs) like the way that you are with me even when Mm. we're experiencing something challenging is you know, I can feel it from you, the, um, the genuineness. I think that's so powerful when a woman can trust a man's integrity. Um, because for me, at least when, when I look at like all of the root problems that like couples tend to bring up, there's a question of integrity in the partner. And if they can just trust the integrity, it kind of like makes it not such a big deal, you know? Yeah, and in our relationship, there's been mile markers of sorts where my integrity has been called to another level. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's been challenging and it's been awesome. It's been beautiful. And those are the best kinds of relationships, right? Because integrity on the one hand can be fairly obvious, mm-hmm. like on the outside, because there's mm-hmm. a certain standard I think most people can agree to. And if you don't hit that standard, it can be obvious. But mm-hmm. the ruthless internal integrity can only really be reflected like she can see it in a way that nobody else could ever see it Mm -hmm. better than me even sometimes Mm -hmm. oftentimes which is so beautiful Mm -hmm. why so I don't think most men would say that's beautiful Mm -hmm. so can you (laughs) can you speak to how you got to that place because Mm -hmm. um most men it can feel and I'm sure it has to do with her delivery but most men can feel like it's a bit exhausting to like constantly have a woman that wants you to be at your highest potential and, yeah. and, and be integral really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know what, this is perfect. I can round out our love story beginnings and then tie it into this question. So after making initial contact, we had a few FaceTime dates. I was living in San Diego. She was in new Orleans 
And I flew out to meet her in person for the first time, probably three weeks after that first contact and stayed with her that weekend. And, and I knew like very quickly within the first few interactions before ever even meeting in person that like I'm falling in love with this person. Mm. And I fancy myself someone that's like head in the clouds, feet on the ground. And I certainly wasn't looking for a partner, but I was finally at a place where I was ready to be in that kind of a relationship. I didn't necessarily know it overtly at the time. So at the end of that weekend, we were at the airport and the weekend when you came to visit me when I came to visit yep. yeah just had this beautiful weekend and before I was about to leave I told her okay I have one last thing to say to you and it's important and I want you to and I had this whole thing I'm like kind of nervous as I'm sharing it and I want you to know this is important for me to share with you I'd be remiss if I left here without doing it and I don't want there to be any expectation of reciprocity um, this is just my experience that I want to own and no sooner do I finish this whole monologue and she responds and says, I love you too. Hmm. So she stole my thunder in the most beautiful way. <laughs> and the conversation of integrity, I thought you might mention <clears throat> that you reached ah. out to me, that you reached out to me initially when we first had contact online. He reached out to me and said he wanted to get to know me. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember. There was a little bit of back and forth. And then there was a cool, we're going to do a FaceTime date. And then it was like a little bit of a back and forth of when it was going to happen. And then you couldn't make that time or something. Had like flights delayed. There was, was some stuff that was coming up and it wasn't clear when we were actually going to speak. And then I got to a place because I knew what I was available for and wishy-washy wasn't it. Mm -hmm. um, if you, cause it was like the initial point of contact was very clear but then it was followed by this murkiness and yeah. I just gone through another wave of, okay, these are the things that I don't desire. I don't want mm -hmm. to have in a partnership and someone who isn't going to follow through yeah. someone who isn't going to choose me, mm -hmm. even in the midst of inconvenience, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was willing to say, Hey, are you sure you mean this? Mm -hmm. yeah. And to, and to decide that, me saying that may ruin it in air quotes. Mm -hmm. I might check this person or I might call this person up or out in whatever language you want to use and they might not like it. Uh -huh. And if that's the case, that's not my person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because something so simple and like, Hey, are we, do we mean what we're saying here? Yeah. Because we've just, we've, we've discussed, right. Mm -hmm. We want something different because mm -hmm. we were both being very public with our desire for something different, even though we hadn't communicated, you know, our desires with each other yet. Mm -hmm. And so then right behind that, he, he got like a, Oh shit. She just checked me. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. right. We're getting on a call. <laughs> and, and I, I think it was really, that was one of those pivotal moments. Hundred percent. It, really, I forget set, about it that. really set a tone, I think, for it our did. relationship where it was like, mm. oh, I'm not going to be able to put anything past this person if I actually want her. And yeah. I'm so sure of myself that I love you. And I, like, even today, and this is, I think, maybe hard. It's certainly harder for me to say it now than it was when we first got together. I love you and I will fight to the death with you. I am just so loyal and so devoted devoted, and I love our relationship and I honor you and I cherish you and everything. And tomorrow, if you left and never returned, I would be okay. Well, but you would. I'd be sad. <laughs> I'd be sad. I know. I would be crushed I and I'd be okay because yeah. I've been through heartbreak before mm -hmm. because I, I know my value and I so, I, I believe that in myself. And so I think that 
that confidence mm-hmm. and that surety mm-hmm. is um, it works to it, my it makes favor. It where you can speak the truth. Yes. And there have been times where that feeling has been a protection mechanism where I'm, you know, I don't need you. If you, if you're not going to show up, then cool, I don't need you. And that is directly attached to my upbringing Mm -hmm. and what I saw growing up. But I think as I've matured and, and, um, have the more like conscious version of that is very like, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I might fall to pieces. You know, I, I struggle with anxiety at times or I'm challenged by anxiety at times, occasionally depression. So like mental health and all of that is for me to even still have a confidence to go, I I know I'll make it through because I've made Mm -hmm. it through all of the other times. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think bringing that into the relationship is like, Oh, I'm going to have to meet her there if we want to keep going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you did. Yeah. Yeah. You called me up and out of the gray. And that's, I think a big part Mm. of this conversation is, the gray area where it's like wishy-washy and I had lived in that space with women in particular more or less most of my life mm-hmm. and say, like the what are we yeah exactly. what's actually going on and like here? I don't want to commit I don't want to go like too much because then there's an expectation living in that weaselly kind of again gray wishy-washy mm-hmm. area and so when she did that I was like oh okay and so we talked that night and we're bringing it back to that I love the you that's a great place to start for the integrity uh-huh. conversation because I was afraid of commitment and where I really stepped into commitment though is after that weekend when we told each other we loved each other um it was all in from that moment onward it was like we are committed to one another and I knew then like this is gonna be my wife yeah like, I knew that within myself and I didn't know that it was gonna be easy necessarily yeah. but I knew this is worth this it is the person I that can I want to do it feel with. how she's like I'm, I want to be better as a result of her and she's very directly calling that up in me. And I was like, yeah, this is the path that I want. Mm. Yeah, That's beautiful. So I have a couple of things that I want to pull on there. Um, I know I have that same feeling of uh, I'll be okay. So uh, because of everything I've faced in life, but I've, you know, if I, to my partner, I'm like, um, I really need you to step into your father archetype. Like I really need, uh, I really need you to learn to accept how I access God instead of shaming it, like whatever it is that I'm bringing to him. Um, and I say, because this isn't working for me, it feels like a threat. And so I have to make sure to add, we need a new strategy, but I'm, I feel like I'm always asking that of him because I don't want to leave. It's not because I want to leave. It's not because I'm like, like you suck you do this and like I don't want to be here it's like almost like a pleading of like please do this because I need this you know um and I'm still learning how to not make it sound like a threat and not make it so triggering um or like you know mess with his abandonment wound in any way Mm -hmm. but I know so with that like no outs that you guys felt pretty Mm -hmm. pretty quickly on um I'd love to talk about that first, but also like bring in the, like, cause what I tend to lean towards is the, I'm committed to healing and growing and rising in love together. As long as it's in alignment for our highest good, yep. for some reason, the no outs, I feel fear around it because when I think of that, I don't feel safe there because it, it, maybe I don't trust that like my partner will continue to show up or to do the deep work or to continue to rise in love. And 
I have kids involved. So like if, if like the father archetype I just brought up, like if he's not going to fully embody that or at least strive to, then like I'm out. And I don't like, I don't like to say that it sounds so harsh and it sounds so I'm sure triggering for his abandonment wound, but that is like, for me, it's a need, like it's a necessity. And so, but I, I would love, I would love to be in a place where I could trust that all of those things are, are going to be seen as uh, a, a path you're, you want yeah. so that I can say, okay, yeah, it's safe to say no outs, but I'd love, I'd love to hear y'all's mm-hmm. how, why, how you guys found safety there to be able to say, yeah, no outs here. Yeah. I feel like you probably have something good to say about this. Yeah. I think it's really, it's really effective when both parties from a very true and very felt place are both there, Mm -hmm. whatever that means out is not an option. So if out is not an option, what are all of the other options that we are together going to navigate? Mm -hmm. Not if out, if you do a thing and I have to consider other parts of my life. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, maybe your situation or other people who are listening and it's like, I have other things that are important and I have other things that are considerate in the out is not an option. Am I the only one that's willing to say that and really truly match what it, what it means? Yeah. Or am I saying out is not an option and you're mouthing the words, you know, as the partner is mouthing the words, but you can feel in them that they're not willing to do everything. Mm, Cause that's that part it takes. of out, not part being an option. out is not an option because we are committed to figuring it out. She needs something you're going to figure out. Hundred percent, and I trust that whatever she needs, I'll step up, and that she's not going to probably what you need too. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And she's not going to whatever seasons we're in. It's all fleeting in a sense, and the north star is our collective and individual growth, and we both are just very tapped into that and committed to that process. And so, if it weren't that way. I don't think we could confidently say out is not an option and really mean it, believe it, and step into that and what that entails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful and such a more <laughs> simple answer than I expected. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's really feeling it in the other person that they're yeah. that that you both are really willing to meet each other. Yeah. And and I think you trust me. Because of the surety totally. that I have in myself. Oh, that's you so trust big me. that you trust her trust, intuition as an oracle because if you feel like there's um, a hidden agenda and it's not really for your highest good, yeah. it's only for whatever she's really trying to mold you into, you yes. know? So that's if you, it point. takes so much trust. Yeah. And I think that's so much of my wounding because I w- grew up very religious and I was adopted into a religious family where uh, I wasn't trusted to hear from God myself. Yeah. It had to be through my, Bible study leader through my youth pastor. And uh, so for someone to not trust my intuition now is like a really big wound for me. Um, So I'm curious if Alexi, it sounds like you were already a sex coach when, yeah. so what was that like for you? Because I can imagine that there could be a little bit of intimidation there of like, like, I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) intimidation and also like, I feel like I know from my partner, me doing the Layla Martin training um, and just even, even the thought of me doing tantric work with my women's group, like anything mm-hmm. around sexuality can feel for him very threatening because it feels like he's having to share me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's some Bible narratives there, you know, but I, can um, I wouldn't say that there's any intimidation. There's excitement because mm-hmm. there's like, Oh, 
oh, like her class involves anal plugs. Like, great, this is going to be fun, you know. <laughs> but um, I'm curious how how your journey was. Yeah, so it was equal parts intrigue and terrified. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I'll, I'll share. What's she going to do to me? Exactly. <laughs> Slash. What do I have to do to keep her? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a fun little story before we ever met in the first before I think we ever even got on our first FaceTime date, maybe she brought up the conversation of STIs mm. and asked when the last time I oh, was I tested too. was. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was because I was, you no, know, we'd before, had some FaceTime. And he had because, never yeah. had anyone do that before. Yeah. Like, I hadn't either. I yeah. never had either. And so I was flying yeah. that week later that week to meet her and she brought this up. I just and, said, I, I don't <clears throat> know if you have any, intention like if you have intention on some level to be intimate with me mm-hmm. i'm not expecting that but if you do want to have that be an option mm-hmm. when you come to visit then get tested yeah, yeah. um so that was like starting things off <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly i did the same and also yeah. a i'm very uh particular i'm very intentional about who i share my energy with mm-hmm. and if we're not exclusive, I at least need you to be doing the same because yeah. it's all an energy exchange. Yeah. And he had never heard of any of that. So. <laughs> yeah. So that was how it got kicked off. I was like, okay, cool. All right. So this is a natural part of how she lives her life is mm. all of the stuff around sex and intimacy. Yeah. It's not taboo. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, you know, as it goes with the first six or so months it was honeymoon there's just so much passion and mm-hmm. novelty and desire that's we very were, accessible we and present full-time we also weren't together full-time i was living in san diego she was in new orleans mm-hmm. although we were mostly together we were yeah pretty <laughs> in the first few months was like all right i don't want to ever not be around yeah. you <laughs> and so we were i added her to my companion pass in southwest she was flying Aww. with me and staying with me we went to costa rica and envision festival mm. and frolicked in the jungle and it was great <laughs> and so yeah in the first six months it was kind of like it was really cool like i felt cool yeah. <laughs> yeah and it was there wasn't really any challenge with it because again the kind of honeymoon stuff but i did tell him <laughs> almost right away yes. and i think probably that within first the weekend. first weekend yeah. and said what we're doing here is really nice and fun and it has a, a time limit. There's yeah. a time limit. And it's not mm-hmm. like a, I'm trying to dampen the mood or yeah. I'm trying to, you know, say you're not good enough or any of that. It's I, I wanted to call it for what it was and yeah. the reality mm-hmm. of the situation mm-hmm. and not try to think that we could sidestep what naturally happens for pretty much every couple or yeah. every relationship certainly yeah. that I've ever been in this, this idea, I, I gotten rid of the idea that like, if I find the right person, these things won't play so, out. Like, yeah. It's not, it's no, not that's true. not how this works. Yeah. And uh-huh. so I, it's not that I'm cynical or pessimistic yeah. or anything like that. It's like, Hey, I want to be proactive with at some point, this is probably going to fade what do we want to do yeah yeah what do we how do we want to come together Mm -hmm. on when that happens Mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah probably about six months into our relationship is when it started to show up where it's crunchy yeah it's like okay this is not as easy um particularly the sexual intimacy piece it's not as easy as a lack of compatibility or was it a intimidation or was it like boredom okay so that and then also like was there an issue with it being so public? Um, I wouldn't say there's an issue with it being public. That's just kind of how we've lived our lives. And mm-hmm. it was, 
Yeah, that's so that was fine, but it was both a combination of you could say bored, and that feels a little extreme, but but that's the energy of it, right? I say definitely... that too because <clears throat> well, because we are doing podcasts now, because I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are listening that I say boredom and they'll go, "That's it." Yeah, that's it for you sure. Know? Like when you really I wouldn't boil say it down. that I'm like I'm so bored. Yeah. it was more like I'm unengaged. I'm not in the mm. enrolling process. Yes, you know, it's that that you know, just us being new to each other at first got all of the feel good, yeah. sexy chemicals going. And now it's, there's, there's it's comfortability, routine, there's complacency. Com- yes, all of that. Like how wonderful it is for people to hear that because I'm sure that the assumption is sex coaches don't get bored in their sets. Oh, oh we are like anyone else. We're yeah. humans. Oh, for yeah. sure. Right? Yeah. I just happen to know a lot about how bodies function. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and I can see these things as they're, yeah. you know, I can see it as it's going to happen. And for us being in relationship versus working with my clients, it's a totally different experience when it's my own personal trauma or triggers or things that are coming up. It's my own relationship. You know, that's why we have a relationship coach. Mm-hmm. So, and it's why we yeah. have mentors in sex, love and relationship space, mm-hmm. because I don't want to have to carry it yeah. all the time. Yeah, And that's another part of our story, I think is this was my work mm-hmm. or it is my work. And that like, how much of, how much do I have to carry and knowing where we might be going? Oh, and she can't coach me. Right. Like that's going to kill our polarity um, and, and bless well, her heart. Depending on how it's delivered. I didn't have the tools yeah. personally in my own relationship to be able to deliver coaching or direction or whatever no i yeah. just yeah not yeah, the ideal scenario the you can share things but to try and construct me that's yeah that's a dicey territory yeah so. it's also really it's hard. almost like she becomes the sexual surrogate and- yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure it's really difficult to explain things like energy yeah. um that i want you to do this thing it's not about the act that i am <laughs> telling you that i want it's more about yeah. i want to feel connected to you so mm-hmm. that that act feels really hot and sexy yeah. yeah you know and so just to close that loop a bit i would say it's a combination of boredom mm-hmm. and incompatibility which you referenced mm-hmm. and so a quick story like one of the markers in our journey that was significant opened up a lot of conversation and curiosity and massive growth specifically in our sex life mm-hmm. was um, taking the erotic blueprint quiz which mm-hmm. you're familiar with miss jaya and her partner ian mm-hmm. Um, just amazing work they're doing. And so a lot of the things she was trying to describe to me, I just couldn't under my masculine logic brain was like, what the fuck are you saying? (laughs) And she couldn't even say it really, which is very challenging. It was was almost so hard for me because it almost to me is like, have I not fucking integrated this? How can I not get my partner to understand it? And I think she was experiencing some of that too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of frustration. Mm -hmm. And I've always been public uh, about more or less about what's going on in my own life in real time. And even mm-hmm. at this time, I'm, I'm sure I wrote about feeling the feelings of more or less, I'm going to use the term hypocrisy where it's like, I can't get past a certain place in my own relationship. Yes. And I have that's fear in this, right in now. this area mm-hmm. when I'm so good, give me a couple that's going through their own version uh, of it. And I'm like, let's 100%. knock this yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know all the right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't it, go. Away. Yeah, <laughs> we teach where we want to continue learning. Right, that yeah. whole phrase mm-hmm. and concept. So, so we took that quiz, and it just illuminated so much and brought words to what she was trying to mm-hmm. communicate, but kind of couldn't. It brought logic you could understand. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. And yeah. it gave us a foundation to look at and speak to and work with. And so, just quick overview of what that looked like. So. Her top two, so the erotic blueprint 
It's like the love languages mm-hmm. for sex. There's have you all spoken about it on your show? Erotic Blueprints. I want to have Gen- a woman named Genevieve on. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. About it. Yeah. So just quickly, the Erotic Blueprint is the love languages for sex. So love languages like words of affirmation, acts mm-hmm. of service, blah, blah, blah. So with Erotic Blueprint, it's sexual, sensual, shapeshifter, kinky. Uh, energetic, and kinky. Mm-hmm. So those are the five. Her top two were my bottom two. So the two he said last. And vice versa. <laughs> her, you know, my bottom two were her top, or my top two were her bottom two. Uh-huh. So kinky and energetic are her top two. Uh-huh. My bottom two. My top two are sexual and sensual, her bottom two. And so one could look at that and be like, oh shit, we yeah. are sexually incompatible. This is doomed. Let's just quit while we're ahead. But having the growth mindset and being personal development junkies, we're like, oh, no, actually, this is what a great opportunity. Yeah. We now have this oh. spectrum, this breadth and depth that we get to go into. Uh, awesome. We're up for that challenge. And mm. you know, it sounds very glamorous when it's described that way. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's not super challenging. Right, because you're continue. asking you to learn a different language. Exactly. Yeah. And we're continuing to navigate that. And it's so fun, though. And as I we have novel experiences where it's like, oh, that was it. I get it more like something clicks mm-hmm. and is like unlocked. Uh, so that's that was a huge turning point for us for sure. And from there, and then it gets into kink and BDSM and those things I had so many judgments around yeah. and aversions to like those mm-hmm. people are messed up, you know, psychological yeah. problems, like it's dark, it's wrong. They're coming and, from a place of trauma. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's religious influences that I had that played yeah. into that whole mix and so slowly but surely and make no mistake this shit is the long game like yeah. when it comes to just intimacy and relationships so in general when God's involved yeah mm-hmm. like uh I really really want for me like I'm not opposed to you know all varieties of sex mm-hmm. but I'd like quite often the breath work yeah, the kundalini, the the tantric practices, mm-hmm. um, the yoni and pussy massages. It sounds so sexual. The dog water right? while he's talking about this. Um, Lap it up, buddy. And but my partner ha- um, has such a, a religious, um, not just background, but current yeah. uh, foundation that he's not okay with the kundalini and the tantra. Mm-hmm. And so there's that part of me of like, this is kind of almost I feel like a fraud like teaching this to people but like mm. I don't you know what I mean have it with I mean, my part there a willingness on his part to to be exposed to it or Not to learn currently. about it because it that's why it's so hard when God's involved because it feels sinful it feels it. like yeah like well his soul could have damnation you know yeah. what right. I mean like when you said when God's involved I didn't know it was be- if it was because God is leading you in a direction of curiosity in this mm-hmm. place like there's you on a on a deep level know there's more for you there or if it's God in the way for him like yeah. it's like God's yeah, playing like two totally. roles almost <laughs> yeah so which one's God yeah. <laughs> ah, and can it be both it. exactly yeah, and yeah. can it be both yeah. I, I and uh I think for me, I really want to experience God in my sets. Like, yeah. otherwise, because yeah. the highest form, I know we talked about this when I was on your show, the highest form of sexuality is when we merge it with spirituality and vice yeah. versa, you know? Yeah. Totally. Um, and then also, I love morning sex. Like, if I can have an orgasm in the morning, uh-huh. like, what's better than that? And then I write, like, the, my writing after an orgasm is completely different yeah. than 
you know, like, and sure I can do it myself, mm -hmm. but it's not the same as like sacred union, you know, yeah. whereas he only wants sex at night. So uh -huh. there, we've got, we don't have our, I don't know his blueprint yet, mm -hmm. but we're, we've got a similar story, at least when it comes to. Uh -huh. It's so interesting because yeah. I wonder, I wonder if the desire for sex at night is connected to the backstory, the history and the religious upbringing stuff too, or like culture, modern culture showing in movies and stuff that like sex happens at night more often than not. But in reality, mm -hmm. sex, I would say for the majority of people that I know, it's somewhere in afternoon, early evening. Mm -hmm. I mean, but at the same time, biologically, sex drive is at its peak two times in a day, like testosterone as a sex, mm -hmm. as a sex drive hor hormone, right when you wake up. And then it kind of trickles until about afternoon. And then around midday, it spikes again. And then it just steadily it's goes true. down yeah. until you go to bed and then you wake up and it spikes again. Yeah. Mine's so this, really high when I wake up. Right. Yeah, so, so you affirm that part. And so that's, that's what I get super curious of because, you know, for guys, for, for humans, testosterone is lowest. So sex drive is lowest typically at night. Hmm. So, um, yeah, again, I'm curious that same question of like, what is at play yeah. other than a biological level yeah. around that? Cause I, then there's the association of like, it has to happen with, at, at night when you, in, in you the bed yeah. because the bed is at the night night where no one can see where you, no one yes, can see exactly. you where you draw the yeah. curtains yeah. and it's dark and yeah. it's just right here. Uh -huh. Yeah. Also an orgasm for me wakes me up. Yeah. So doing it right before yeah. bed, it's, and I'm for up a for man, an hour. ejaculating, it's, it's yeah. the opposite. Yes. Yeah. Like a hangover. Right. So we typically, right. not always certainly, but we have a, a rule of thumb, a, a guardrail. He's half sorts. laughing here because <laughs> so, he doesn't do it. He doesn't like get it. Not as much as I would like, but I do it often enough. Where okay. <laughs> sure not ejaculate. So for me, when we have sex in the morning or afternoon, not ejaculating. Oh, so hold the semen retention. Yeah. And, but then when it's like early evening or beyond, then I can't, that's kind of like. And the, if I've had my orgasm in the morning, I'm okay with not doing it at night mm. for him to have one. So that, yeah. that, that's a good, yeah. Right. I know for me though, after I orgasm, I'm like, oh, I have an idea. And yeah. It's like, there's that's no. That's the lady way. Uh-huh. Unlocks yeah. the creativity yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. So I listened to your magnificent episode with your relationship coach, Annie Lala. Uh -huh. um, and I felt like I was listening in on my own parts, conversating with each other when you spoke, Alexia, about the roller coaster of the intensity of your emotions. Because I'm on that roller coaster, not just in my romantic relationship, but in my relationship with self and in my parenting. And I know that was something that was like a nervousness for you was like, mm -hmm. oh, am I going to be like this as a parent? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to pass that on to my kids either. You know, mm -hmm. like I want to be a source of calm. Uh, with all that said, my relationship has a lot of conflict. And I remember reading, I think it was Stan Tatkin. It was one of the relationship experts that like the typical re relationship has like over 250 arguments a year. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't want that. Like that's almost every day. Mm -hmm. Um and I remember, you guys know Peter Craig. I remember he's a relationship therapist in town. Mm -hmm. I remember mentioning it to him. He was like, yeah, like no big deal. And I was like, why does it seem like no big deal to him? And I, I think it's because um, maybe for him, it didn't feel like an argument was so stressful. Whereas yeah. for me, like my emotions get so high that it's like, oh my God, that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, Jordan, I'm curious what your work is when her mm -hmm. emotions are high and Alexi, maybe how you navigate conflict um, and still speak your, your much needed oracle of truth in that intensity 
um, like, even though, like, so how, how do you do it without letting that intensity take over? Because for me, once that intensity hits, I know all the self-regulation techniques, Uh but when that intensity hits, it's like, it's almost like there's another person like operating almost like Kali is like, you're mine. It's mine. (laughs) I'm speaking now, you know? So, (laughs) Uh so several things at play here. Uh, One is so often in relationship, there's the classic mirroring that people talk Mm -hmm. about and Mm -hmm. there's the sort of opposites of tract energy can be at play. And so in context of this question and conversation, there's a dynamic that tends to play out where she coerces, i.e. her energy is big, emotions, there's intensity, there's an outward expression of what's happening inward. Right, and by my bigness, yep. I get it's what coercive. I what yeah. I perceive or project that I want. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm manipulating, in a sense, the situation because I know... I don't consciously know this as it's happening. I'm just experiencing something in my body, but my energy gets really big and it flows and then it manipulates the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like where he, whatever ground he could have been standing on and like whatever he felt before, he's now Take about to, he's he's about to uh, shift it yeah. or switch it um, based off of not wanting to upset me. Yeah. 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 That's so, the same in ours, but I mm-hmm. also hear like an inner child yelling, can anyone hear me? Yeah. Cause I don't feel hurt mm-hmm. in the, in the need. And then the, yep. I, I'd say that's at play. There's, and so the other part of that is collapsing. So where she coerces, I'll collapse slash endure. And so there's other right. personality patterns in her rigid slash aggressive me, which collapses kind of just, um, it's like I, I sort of endure, mm-hmm. uh, just you but know. Does anything get solved? People please. Well, so people please would be the thing. Okay. So this is not. This is the shadow. You would say right, mm-hmm. but because we have this awareness, we can see it play out. We've seen it play out so many times. So when we it's happening, say it while it's happening. While it's happening, like it's like oh, this is familiar. This is what we perceive mm-hmm. as happening, and so there's a disarmoring that happens when we call it out in the moment, and so since we know these are common. Um, when they start to happen, my work is to not collapse. It's to to stand my ground, but not in like an egoic, I'm not going to take your shit or yeah. it's it's not that. It's I'm just going to hold the energy. And like you can get as big as you want. Get as big as you want. It's, it's safe. Like right. even encouraging, not like egging her on no. per se, but just you're good, baby. Yeah. Nothing that you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Expressing yourself, being fiery, being sad, tears. She cries a lot. She cries yeah, almost too. every day. Me too. Uh, sometimes yeah. multiple times a day. And once upon a time, <laughs> and my mom was very I cried much. on the way here. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great. Cry a lot. Uh-huh. And my mom, big emotions, mm. angry, sad, just very emotionally, I would say volatile. And that scared me mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Uh, and I just didn't know what to do with it. And so mine too. And I think that's what scares me about mine. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's my work is to her emotions are fucking beautiful. And I continue to see that because I don't take them on. I don't allow it to be, Oh, this is my fault. Well, firstly, because emotions for me are not super accessible. So I don't, I cry very infrequently. It's not that I don't Mm -hmm. want to just for whatever reason, that's not something that comes very naturally that kind of flowing of of energy and emotions and so i get to see that and experience that through her 
And so I have much more of a reverence for her emotions nowadays. I don't try and fix them as much. It definitely mm. still comes up. Uh, and I don't get scared or collapse or shy away from them. I just see them and I see inner child. I mm. see just a desire to be seen, loved, heard, acknowledged, all those kinds of things. And when I can see it from that and I don't take it personally, it's like, oh, I fucking love this woman. Mm. Like this is my queen cool do what you gotta do to get that shit out and actually like go even more into it if you need to so that you are fully expressed because on the other side of it and this is the thing about trusting that we were talking about earlier she is so amazing at real-time awareness of what is happening so as her emotions are getting big Mm -hmm. she owns them so often it's like mine mine comes out in like a i'm constantly questioning myself yeah not in like a uh questioning myself in a toxic way but like Mm -hmm. in a why am I doing yes. this? What am I trying to, you know? And she's really good at that as well. And will oftentimes express that as she's questioning herself, like, what, where's this coming from? Mm-hmm. Or she'll, yeah. she'll even, um, like, assure me this is not you, which is great. And I want to get to a point where you don't even have to do that because I just know that. And yeah, well, that's, the part of that's for me. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is like, yeah. reminding myself that this mm-hmm. isn't Jordan. Yeah. This is an internal experience that's happening. Mm. We also, I think, have like our own language. I mean, it's common, commonly used words, but we have our own little phrases and yeah. language words that we use around when these things are happening mm-hmm. that I think help. Like you'll one. say, you'll say, I notice, I notice that you're a little activated, mm-hmm. meaning he's mm-hmm. sensing my energy and just knowing that he's able to perceive when my sh- I have state shift mm-hmm. or he's, he knows like, I'll breathe a certain way. I'm, I'm attempting to regulate And If I'm attempting to regulate, then that means I'm activated. And so he'll go, I'll just stop here. I can see that you're getting a little bit activated. Do you want to share? Like he'll give me options for things. Do you want mm. me to give you space? Oh, Do you options want are so one. powerful. Yeah. Or he'll to just leave it at that statement. But yeah. to give the options or yeah. yeah, and it helps because I know that it's my responsibility. Mm. And I know, I know, but yeah, there's just a lot. It's very layered. I know that the that regulating myself and getting to back to a place of neutrality where I can communicate and feel feel like I'm effective in my communication and he's really with me and he's not processing how to fix it mm-hmm. um because that that's a that's a challenge for us at times too where I'm experiencing and I'm like just ignore that I'm going through this like in to the degree that you can not not ignore and pretend I'm not doing it, happened it right before you came but don't <laughs> don't don't merge with it don't go into I mean, it that let me actually in my luteal phase like just yeah. give me the space to... yeah but don't go anywhere <laughs> give me space <laughs> you know? back. yeah <laughs> don't leave god damn it they always leave you know? <laughs> like why can't you be with me in my bigness but i need some space so you know how do you have that dance and yeah. and I, this is the first time with a person that's looking at me with all of these emotions and I'm, I fully can be them all. I can have mm. them all because I take full responsibility for them. And there are times when I'm really activated and he can, tr- he trusts me because I've done this enough where I'll look at him and go, I'm, I have big emotion. And I have big energy because I'm really upset at a thing that you did. Mm. And it's not the act itself. It's like what is underneath that and then underneath that. And so my, my uh fire my 
directiveness, my energy, it it's both. It's like inner child, little person, figuring it out. And then at times it is very much directing me in a very forward, this is what's going on and this is not acceptable, stand yeah. for justice kind of way. Yeah. So I get to just play with it and I really can't have one or, over the other. For mm-hmm. me as a woman, uh, <clears throat> my friendships reflect this uh, back to me too. All of the things, and I, and I know this is for everybody on some level, is the things that I'm reflected back to me is um, my strengths and what people admire so much about me. Mm-hmm. My shadow, the shadow of that is like the stuff that I'm, I'm challenged by the most. And I, you know, so I'm directive and I'm a leader and I'm sure of myself and I'm confident and I'm all these things. And then the shadow is like, I'm so emotional at times and not, not trying to, um, make myself wrong or bad for having those emotions or, mm-hmm. or uh, vilifying sadness or, you know, these like kind of negative things that, that I've perceived all throughout my life. This means weakness um, that like I I'm perceived as so strong, but these emotions in my mind, I'm like, but this is weak. Like it's this kind of back and forth dance. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think for me, as I've uh, grown. And especially since we moved to Austin, where I'm speaking with a lot of people who can follow me in mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm, I can express this yeah. way and I can talk about myself this way. And I, they're with me, mm-hmm. you know, hearing it, um, and through friendship and all of that, I think Jordan witnessing other people interact with me and then taking notes. And then in our individual interactions, I just, I've seen even since we've been together, just so much growth over the last few years since we've been in Austin. For sure. Yeah, yeah. like knowing how to handle it and knowing what's his and what's mine and mm-hmm. when to collaborate on the on the resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And one last little thing I'll share around kind of how I'm growing through this and back to the point of integrity mm-hmm. and all of that. It's noticing I'm clever. I can be very like I'll almost say consciously manipulative mm. and not in a positive way. Cause I think persuasion, manipulation, there's that other words. We can use be, them interchangeably. Yeah. But sometimes in these interactions, I'll notice familiar tendencies and, and behaviors that I am really good at and can convince myself are appropriate or I'm justified in, but it's, it's very me first mentality. I think this is like a really important point here. It's in the past, I want to, I have wanted to win. Mm. So when it comes to some sort of conflict, it's like, I want to be right. I'm going to win at all costs. And I can be really, again, manipulative on how to do that. But at the end of the day, I'm like, wait a second. I don't want that. I want yeah. us to win. Because if I'm right at the expense of her being wrong, whether that's true or not, them. we both lose. Because the entity of our relationship, yeah. that third party transcends all of that nonsense. That's so good. And so that's my challenge is when I find myself falling into a pattern of, and even if, again, I am justified in it and I think I really, really am right. I don't want to play that game of trying to show her how I'm right. And she's wrong. Right. I want to understand her. And then you're trying to care for a wife that's like processing wrong. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) And I don't want that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I want you to be a winner, baby. Yeah, you want to be married to a winner. Exactly. It was also self first, but man, what a difference. Yeah. We can both feel winners. Yeah, when when you say to this like manipulation thing, mm-hmm. I I would love to hear 
I can ask a question now. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is her show. <laughs> no. Like maybe some examples, because I think maybe some people listening might hear manipulation. An and it's like, I think some people consider manipulation as like outward, almost aggressive, but in a way um, where someone who they're someone who is like soft yeah. or yeah, vulnerable. Yeah. I carry like a fox archetype, which is very cunning and very uh-huh. like, yeah, I feel that. can get myself yeah. out of a pickle, but can also yeah. get what I want. Yeah. And yes. so when I want my partner to, it is to rise up in something like there isn't a, a gold intention there. Yep. I still can see that I'm trying to trick him into doing it. Yes. You know? That's a great way to put it. But I don't want to make him feel like a loser. I, I, but I want him, I want him to want to rise up and I'm yeah. trying to trick him into wanting that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can give an example because I think I do that too. Yeah. So at a high level, if I notice I have an agenda, if I notice we're in some sort of conflict and I think something is true, I think something is in her best interest, mm-hmm. I will potentially lead her in that direction. But in a way, because it feels valid, exactly. Yeah. And I feel justified in it. I feel like all these kinds of things. But I know that that is not what I think is true, right, all those kinds of things. It doesn't really matter because if she doesn't come to that conclusion on her own, then whatever mm. I do, she's going to it's just not going to be like self-persuasion is the best persuasion, right? So like in sales and marketing, they say that if you can show someone and guide them to a conclusion on their own that is authentic and you support them in that process, like the best kind of coaches do that kind of thing too, right? So how do you do that questions. Okay. So asking questions, but this is where it has to, because even in the question asking, because I know this concept in theory, I will ask these questions (laughs) and she sniffs it out immediately and she resists the shit out of it. No, as soon as he says, I go, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Yeah. (laughs) We're not doing this. Like everything. And I'll say what you mean. I'll take the question. I'll go everything about that. No, Uh I don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple things that come to mind. I think, I think mine would be snipped out pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, uh, a Bible quote that you (laughs) maybe it's familiar my dad has said this to me my whole life and I love it. And it's be my quick to hear. Saying, Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's wisdom that can be applied right, as yeah. much stuff from mm-hmm. religions can be quick to hear, slow to speak mm-hmm. and slow to emotions. Yeah. It's slow to angry, Anger. but I say emotion yeah. because I think it's the idea. Emotions are beautiful and I don't want to be hijacked by emotions yeah. and she doesn't want to be necessarily either. And so quick to hear. So I'm really present with her. Mm. What is she certainly saying, but even more, what is she not saying, but that I'm like experiencing and seeing. Yeah. Um, and so that's a big one. Patience within that. And then slow to speak. So I feel all these things, my coach, my, all, all these things within me that want to come up and it's like, well, no, sometimes no, no, no. you're jester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my jester. There's a coach, there's a jester. Yeah. There's all kinds of different archetypes in there. Yeah. And they all have a little place and a seat at the table in certain scenarios. But in this one, again, quick to hear, slow to speak. So just giving a lot of space. Don't try and fix. Don't even try and ask questions. Just be with it. And then when I'm at my best is when I'll give those options that she described. Or as close to the best that you can get to yeah. while I'm also waiting for you to respond. Yeah. Because you can sit there and listen, listen, listen. Holding space and holding space. Uh-huh. I'm like, are you fucking zombie? Yes. What are you doing right now? <laughs> yeah. Human, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so. Oftentimes an embrace, like physical yeah. touch is going to help with that. In in the right situations, humor can be wonderful for disarmoring and or dearmoring, but and it's also a crush for me. 
I'm yeah. a funny guy. Yeah. And so I'll do that sometimes at the expense of the sincerity that wants to be present. Or your experience. Or, or yeah, your like emotions. I feel awkward or uncomfortable yeah. and I don't want to like just stay in that. So I'll make a joke or some shit. It reminds me of, and I hesitate to say this because there's nothing wrong with a limp dick. Like we should <laughs> worship the cock in all its forms. <laughs> but when you spoke of collapsing and then, and then of the like zombie, it reminds me of like a limp dick when what we're wanting is like a fierce hard cock to penetrate us. Yeah, you know, like well said. I love that. Analogy. Again, there's nothing wrong with the limp dick. Uh-huh. I feel mean saying that, but <laughs> but you know what I want. You know what we're what I'm saying. Oh, I know what you want, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> you want a hard erect cock. I get it. <laughs> oh, penetrative force, <laughs> Jordan. We got our promo. No, we go too far. <laughs> So, I know what you want, Jade. Yes, she thinks it's funny. <laughs> oh, I, I, I hang out with Kyle Kingsbury a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think, too, something that's really um, big here is I can do all that, mm-hmm. and it still doesn't work, but if you're in a really good sisterhood or brotherhood, mm-hmm. there's no way that they're not going to point that same thing out to you at some point. And what always happens for me is I point something out. I met with resistance. It's a source of frustration in the relationship. And then like three weeks later, something happens in men's group. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, I said that already. Uh But it like had to come from that angle. And so I think it's an, it's an important part that like the seed was planted for some reason. Otherwise maybe it wouldn't have hit as deep, but Mm -hmm. I think that that's a huge key is like Mm -hmm. having some sort of sisterhood and brotherhood. So agree. Yeah. And I'll just quickly double click on that. In our relationship, what has been the most massive up-leveling and growth in this season over the past couple of years in particular in Austin is each of us having, she has her women's group, I have my men's group, and then we have what I affectionately refer to as our conscious couples coalition. So having those three angles of support. Mm -hmm. So, cause there's certain things that I do with my boys and men's work and brotherhood that are not appropriate slash just are not best for our relationship. Mm -hmm. And same thing with her and her women, we get to pre-process things and we trust those, that, that counsel, those advisors to reflect the highest parts of ourselves Mm -hmm. to get advice, blah, blah, blah. And then we can bring that highest part and those golden wisdom nuggets back to each other instead of having to always process and hopefully come to that within our relationship it's like no we are romantic intimate life partners we're Mm -hmm. not like therapists and friends that are trying to be better people per se and then again the next level of that is all right conscious couples seeing how couples are navigating it and this whole equation is another level of holy shit yeah oh my gosh it's so important yeah yeah having the couples also uh value the entity of the relationship over the individual so me going to women's group and him going to men's group it's the men of the of the women yeah Mm -hmm. at this point everybody's married in marriages Mm -hmm. and and that's like our tightest friends our, our squad of friends and i vow to uh, support and be present for the entity of the relationship over siding with the women or over siding with the men. That is everything. Yeah. Me. And so mm-hmm. I can trust that when I bring something that I'm going through, maybe with Jordan to my women, 
I trust that they are going to help me see things in from a total perspective, zoomed out, looking at what is best yeah, for the relationship. So it's not just me trying to get a certain thing or be right or make a point. And it's not Jordan trying to do whatever he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Possibly it's, okay, well, let's look at how this, how you strengthen your relationship. How do you come back to love? Yeah, Everything's always about coming back to love. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, between having coaches or having friends. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people hearing that can, like when they, when they, you normally think like, oh, we'll keep couples in your life that are, you know, practicing it, that are doing the deep inner work. It can feel like, um, almost like the tendency to end up comparing then when you're around them, like comparing and, and well, we don't, you know what I mean? But if you can see it as like, almost like you have some stand tackens in your life, like real life examples, mm-hmm. you know, then it can be so much more empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to check in with you guys on time. Are y'all okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're, we're almost done. I wanna, <laughs> you brought up um, scripture and mm-hmm. I know you had like a kind of suffocating Catholic upbringing from, from what I remember. I'm curious how you transitioned from that to seeing sexual development as like a key component in mm-hmm. transformation. Oh, geez. We could spend a lot of time talking. I know this. it's kind of too big of a question. Is it, is there a quick answer? Um, I think we touched on it earlier. Yeah. I believe genuinely once upon a time, I think I would have said, I believe this in theory, but not so much in my being Mm -hmm. and wasn't maybe as embodied, but that sex and that path is, is God. Like there is an inherent godly Mm -hmm. energy and transcendence within the context of sex. And certainly just in under the umbrella of conscious partnership and intimacy as a whole, but And here's maybe a a fun little example. I find that in our relationship, when the more sex we're having, the more in harmony we are. Yeah. And the less sex we're having, Mm -hmm. the less in harmony we are. And, you know, there's a correlation both ways. Mm -hmm. So let's say it happens on both sides of that. If we're not having as much much sex, we're going to probably have more conflict. And if we're having more sex, we're probably going to have less conflict. It's so interesting though, because you think, well, the more in harmony you are, the more you'll want to have sex. Yes. So there's like the flip-flop there. Yes, exactly. I remember you said some, like, I don't know where I saw y'all say this. I think it was in an Instagram post. One of y'all said something Mm -hmm. like, let's fuck this out real quick, you know, like whatever conflict you were having. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, again, like sounds like well, how, how are you going to want to fuck if you're in conflict? But mm-hmm. it really works for me. It does. Yeah. And there's some crunchiness oftentimes that gets to be navigated in that process mm-hmm. to like overcome or to move past that mm-hmm. that tension and to get to that connection. I mean, sex requires vulnerability. Yeah, mm-hmm. and an open heart for an open knowingness. So yeah. Like, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. all of that. So to think I'm going to, throughout the process of sex, whatever... I'm holding on to as far as the wall is going to start to come down. I'm going to see the human Mm -hmm. that my partner is. And like, ultimately we have the same, the wish we have the same wish and the same desire, which is harmony and love. And Mm. yeah. And to bring it back to religion specifically a little bit. And and even like more than that, there's a tendency for humans or just way generalized here to be really heavy with stuff. And that's, a lot of the basis of modern day religion is rules. It's Mm -hmm. scripture, it's doctrine, it's it's patriarchy, it's 
somebody needs somebody outside of me needs to tell me what to do back in the day it was like you had even to, if it's the bible even if it's the bible yeah. you know back in the day it was you had to the pathway to god or to access god was through priests and then mm-hmm. it was like oh well bibles are printed so no that's no longer needed mm-hmm. but instead of having a living omnipresent relationship with god that you can't be separated from yes that's yeah. just always there it's like, oh, well, this book will tell me what to do, or somebody who's in a you know elite spiritual um, ranking can tell me what to do. And it's like, I really do believe the kingdom of God lives within me and yeah. within all of us. Yeah. To, I love this idea because it feels so true to me. And when I mean, I'm having connected sex, it. you can rephrase it to "I am the universe." And the yeah. universe. There's so many different ways you can phrase it. God can be a really it. triggering word. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. But I think that most of the people that like this would resonate for are people who would call themselves God people, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And I, it's interesting because I'm 37, maybe 16 years ago, if I would have seen my Instagram post, I would have been like, Whore of Babylon! I would have been, I would want to save her. Yeah. Uh And what's interesting is now I'm on the flip side. I'm the one in the Instagram post wanting Uh to save those people. So it's like, I'm still having this like savior complex of Uh like still, still making it right and wrong, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. We use God and universe pretty interchangeably. Yeah. And yeah. he and she even for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, but we all do know that Jordan. God is a man. God is a bearded white man. With a really long robe. Yep. Yeah. He speaks English perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I like to I like to imagine my God uh-huh. with a gun and <laughs> an American flag cape on. <laughs> God. Right. Yeah. But uh your Shut God's not up. real. And because I'm Catholic, which is the top tier. Ah, yes. The top tier of God fearing folks. We're yeah. the only ones that actually get to communicate with the them. OGs. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the last thing I'll say there, and again, there's just so much we could dig into, but I experienced something through connected sex that feels like the most spiritual experience in my life. Like when we are really connected mm-hmm. and even the sex where we're not as connected, mm-hmm. but especially when we are, it is the most spiritual God-like experience that I can fathom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so for me, it's that embodied experience transcends whichever, whatever heady nonsense I can try and right. spin off. It's the things that we heard as kids, I think, mm-hmm. or the things that I heard a, as a kid um, coming to my own conclusion of this wasn't right. That wasn't truth because what I, my lived experience, my lived experience is so connected, is so pleasurable, pleasurable. And so what I would say is godlike, mm-hmm. a spirit is filled with spirit and so light and so pure and in a sense, so innocent, it's essence and all mm. of that. There's no amount of like hearing some of the things repeated back to me as an adult, having up the, up yeah. to now the experience that I've had. It just sounds like shh, just not truth. Yeah. It's everything in my body goes, that's not, that's not true for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And so I have this um, interesting way of like wanting to protect what I have felt is sacred. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and for so many years of my life, believing and being at odds with hearing one thing and knowing that I was supposed to be acting in a certain way, but being pulled or called and, and you know, yeah. this pulled or called at times did feel dark. 
but I've experienced so much more light. That's totally different experiences under the same umbrella of my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, this is now, this is the thing that I'm looking for. This is yeah. not what they were saying as, as wrong and deserves damnation. Mm-hmm. And you go to hell and all those things. It's like in my heart, I, I don't believe it. And so I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to trust the God within me other than the, the Bible, the book, mm-hmm. the, white guy in the sky yeah that's something I had really had to grieve because who I am now like the bible I grew up reading made me so bad you know it even warped Mary Magdalene's story and basically like made her out to be kind of what our work is now you know and that was like the the prostitute in the bible you know so that was something I really had to grieve and um I still I'm still navigating like not feeling anger, I guess, or bitterness. Um, and, and just still like maybe having compassion. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm also learning with how patriarchal the Bible is. I'm, I'm learning not to treat humans as that humans that believe in it, like that they are that, that patriarchy is in that one human, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so Still on the topic of sex, the last question before the lightning round that we end the show with is um, how has manifesting through sex magic worked out for you guys? Hmm. So we're here. We're here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that can be very elusive. Mm-hmm. This was actually an audience so. question. <clears throat> cool. Uh, it's similar to what I said earlier in this conversation. It's part of the long game experience and the ever unfolding of playfulness and experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, yeah, something that we've had fun with. We've had really beautiful experiences and some have been a little clunky. Like, well, we tried that. That was a little like awkward. And, or, <laughs> and it's also a practice of being present with, and if we're going into a sexual experience and we're engaging what you might call sex magic, mm-hmm. manifestation, those kinds of things, it's, uh, and I think even more so for me than you, it's me staying present with that intention and not maybe getting too lost in the bliss and ecstasy of the experience. Um, and not to say like repressing that or avoidance, mm-hmm. like that's part of it. Blending it. <clears throat> but blending it, it integrating mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's, it's really fun and impactful. And, and it I would feels say really powerful. It feels super powerful. And some of the experiences we've had where um, we've, in the middle of having sex and there's a container flowing into it and maybe some journaling and setting intentions um, where we will say the things to each other as we're having sex and ask questions and what does it look like what What does does it look like what does it feel like it's like a five senses reality Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and imagining it and then feeling the intensity and the connection and all of it Mm. is yeah, it's it's orgasmic. It's beautiful, it, and it can also this sounds really glamorous. It can also be really clunky and challenging. Yeah, um, especially for someone like me coming into this relationship. Sex. I didn't talk during sex. Like, talking <laughs> during sex is weird. It's awkward. What do I say? I sound like an idiot. Uh, it smells like. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> And, and that's part of the growth opportunity for me is to get over whatever insecurities because I, I know I cannot sound perfect. I can say some 
weird. Yeah. But we laughed really hard. Yes, totally. It during sex too, because you can't help it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You he will have one of those moments where it smells like <laughs> and then we both just bust out laughing and then and then we That's come back to center. Yeah. Yeah, but I think there's been other times in my life where it's like, oh, if something goes like off, it's all ruined. It's all ruined. It's all ruined. You don't know what you're doing here. To underscore and say it's all play. Yeah. Uh, And not play, like immature play per se. There can be some of that. Right, especially with sex magic. Like it. It's yeah, something to revere for sure. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know. Let's not take ourselves too seriously. Let's not take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. We're sincere, but we're not overly serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I feel like I know a lot of people who believe in the vision boards. Mm-hmm. They believe in the secret and manifestation, but when it when you bring sex in, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, well, that's not going to work. You know? Yeah, like, we've experienced that just in general with the work that we do. Hmm that people will value all the other personal development categories that they can grow and they can lean into. But when it comes to sex, right. And for so many reasons and so many people can have like all of the different theories as to why that is. Um, But yeah, that's, that's a lot of times we don't see what I've, I've learned over the last five or so years is that people find personal development and do all this work and it's not translating Mm. into Into sex sex. but as Mm. soon as they look at sex and go deeper in their sex and their sexuality and coming to terms with that and what does it mean to them and all that it directly translates into all the other things yeah yeah why do you think that is um i think that the level of uh vulnerability and self-reflection and the awareness i think that it's i don't even i wou't know how to quantify it there's something de-armoring too yeah, but yeah. I mean, there's so many things okay. that you could you could work on, like an inner child thing or a wound or whatever, and you could go to talk therapy or you could go to the retreat where you're bioenergetic releasing and you're doing all these things. Um, and and I think that that's great, but it is also going to show up in sex. And yeah. so it's almost like the ultimate resolution. And mm-hmm. you can bring the things that are the darkest, that are the most challenging, and you can rectify, resolve, reclaim something in your sex and in that space it's like transmutation it's like an alchemizing you know what else i think too that like just hit me this week is like there's something to the pleasure you know like bringing the pleasure to the trauma or to the desire um, because of the chemicals that are released in your body when i think it's part of the reason why mdma therapy is so powerful is Mm -hmm. because you're experiencing so much pleasure and these chemicals are being released released due to the pleasure Mm -hmm. so if you're bringing that to the work yeah. yeah how much more transformational it can be yeah well, for so for so many people that there, there's almost not going to be really an experience and i don't know there's lots of different modalities for therapy but mm-hmm. a lot one of the reasons like there's many reasons why people find themselves leaning into kink and navigating bdsm or ds and but what i and i'll just speak to like one and some people may resonate with this where maybe there was some a time in their life where something was inflicted upon them mm-hmm. a thing happened to them and during that they were a victim and and something was taken from them or something happened too fast too soon they didn't have agency they weren't in control over the situation they abandoned themselves abandoned their bodies um something happened and if they're able to take the underlying theme that happened in that situation or the multiple situations that may have happened at a certain time in their life and they're able to with a person that cares for them with a lot of consent presence intention are able to recreate in some way yeah. that scene container. where they have they have full agency and full control over the situation and they know that the person with them ex- experiencing with them is 
um, so present with everything that's going on and they trust them and then they have consent, then there's an opportunity to bring in pleasure and there's an opportunity to reclaim, to have a release that's simply not possible with any other kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like an example. So with my sexual trauma, my, my cousin used to have me massage him before he would molest me, but I didn't have the tools to not self-abandon yet. So of course I'd give him the massages and, and then that uh, sexual trauma would take place. And then, you know, in my late teen years, once I had a laptop or maybe young 20s, of course, the porn I watched was all the massage parlor porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I haven't yet, but that's something that I really want to do is like reenact that in a safe container yeah. and kind of like also in a like a dom sub container because there's definitely that dynamic. Right. A service based. Yeah. <clears throat> service based kind of scene. Yeah. Where you're, you're being requested. But imagine then you're an adult mm-hmm. and you can process on, on some levels you have the person who is the dominant character is the mm-hmm. one that you were doing that with, but they turn over and look at you and say, I love you and yeah. I'm with you and I choose you and you've chosen me and mm-hmm. this is right and true and good. And it's yeah. a totally different experience yeah. than what you had before. And it's like, oh, I can find peace yeah. in this. So sex is, is just so much bigger. Like what I do as a sex coach is so much bigger than just helping people yeah. connect in the bedroom you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's way beyond, it helps them with the totality of their existence. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I hope I have a feeling it will be this way, but I, my hope is that I am as fascinated with sex, uh, as I am now forever because yeah. it's just so interesting yeah. and, and it just seems like, you know, for each person, there's so much for them to learn there. And yeah. it's when they finally let themselves lean into it finally want to say, okay, I'm not going to live my life the way that I have been. I'm going to go for more, whatever the more is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so rewarding. And I just have this feeling inside that it's going to be this way until the day I die. Yeah. I yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, now he, when you leave, I have a feeling. <laughs> you have a feeling. My, my, my sexual man uh-huh. has a, has a feeling. Just take your <laughs> sure <laughs> sure um, yeah but i mean jordan and i work together now you know he's yeah. joined the mm-hmm. he's joined me and so now we have our so we have sex and love co which is sex love and relationship coaching that we do together and i i'm yeah i'm so grateful that we do get to do that together and that yeah. you have really shown up and taken the challenge mm-hmm. because what we do and what I am asking for is so challenging for so many men. Yeah. So many men will see this as like, Oh, cool. She's a sex coach. That means we get to have threesomes and we get to fuck all the time. And what I'm really offering is so, so beyond that. Yeah. It's like really looking at your shadows in a way you've never understood. You could possibly look at them before and commit to it changing every single day. Mm-hmm possibly you know and the fact that you've joined me now in helping people and like you leveraging your story over the last five years and and answering the call is so special thank you baby Mm. i love that you said yes (laughs) (laughs) okay so there's a few short questions that i ask everyone who comes on the show if you guys could hug your younger selves right now what would you say Yeah, uh, this, this came up pretty recently, actually. It's, you don't have to be funny to be loved. Mm, Chandler. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You don't, 
you're good just the way you are. Yeah. You can be, but you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a general similar sentiment. And I, the, I very clearly saw my younger self in a breathwork, the very first breathwork experience that I had ever had. And saw myself as a little me getting more or less abandoned by people I wanted to be friends with on the playground. Mm. And the adult me walked up to her and just held her. Mm. And then she like melted into my heart. And it was really sweet. And I'll never forget that experience. But it, it was... Um, so what comes up for me is you won't always be alone. You Aww. won't, you just wait. I love that. Yeah. Just wait. It, it's, this is building you into something so valuable and, um, and you won't always have to do it alone. I love that. Mm-hmm. I also saw you guys like in church summer camp, like with your <laughs> hands raised singing and like goosebumps Holy spirit. Yep. And then like someone whispering, you're going to have this in sex one day. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's more like for Jordan, but being but growing up and going to Catholic school, we oh. weren't allowed. Like we didn't have the fun. There was no, there was yeah. no fun. There was Mine no, was, there was no Christian life. It was like God camp. Mine was charismatic. Mine was very too. expressive. Slain in the yeah. spirit, Slain falling holy backwards. laughter. Yeah. Oh yeah, come yeah, on. No, speaking I, in yeah, no speaking tongues. They would cast mm. demons out of us. Oh yeah, and then tell was, us though. If you lost, huh. they'll bring seven friends and they'll torment you. So I was terrified. <laughs> That's early. Yeah. So in the because I would imagine that y'all don't really have that much experience in the Catholic Church. No. That is just blasphemy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything that you're talking about right now is like that isn't real. Yeah. That's like really? it's so weird. The layers of judgment. I know. And I only can see, you know, as I've gotten really out of it, where I would just constantly judge the the other the people in my yeah. family. Whereas that, we were probably thinking you were walking around with tons of demons, like totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, stick an ass kind of thing. Where it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I knew how to be like the snootiest of the Christians is what oh, I wow. what I felt like. I'm like, oh my god, they have a guitar at church. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, uh, they have a drum set. Get me out of here. <laughs> so ridiculous. All right, if you could hold, have the whole world read one book, which would it be? The way of a superior man, and I almost so hate good. that I always say it. I know, but it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And for most men that are starting, so on foundational. This path, it is so foundational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like I got a new boyfriend when he read that book. I believe it. I've yeah. heard that so often. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you also read Pussy. I did. You read Pussy. Pussy. Yeah, that book changed it's so my good. life. And for so it, in some ways, I would say it's the equivalent of the way of superior man for men it for is. women. Yeah. It is. It's so good. It's really funny because I have like so many books that I'm like, fuck, what would I really, you know what? Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed a writer once. Um, he's a well known one, but oh, Justin Gaethje. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I was like, I asked him this question and he was like, mm, I don't read. And I was like, okay, a movie? And he was like, Toy Story 3. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story 3. But Harry is really like right well because as, as we say that Fear's like journey. yeah i'm thinking about all the books that yeah. i could say and i'm like i think back on my life and what really helped you know mm-hmm. there was a time in my life where i i, I spent a lot of time alone and i found harry potter and yeah. it just expanded my imagination yeah. yeah it expanded my imagination in the most like incredible way and so I'm like yeah fuck 
That shit was heresy for me when I was a kid. Harry Potter. My, my dad it. was like, Don't I didn't read, read it until I was books. 35, and I'm 37. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. They didn't know what I was reading. Yeah. I don't think they had sure. any idea. And also, I was like Catholic over here in school. Yeah. And then in, in life, life it yeah. wasn't really yeah. practiced. Yeah. 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 Ew, I, any, any way that I could fuck that up. <laughs> that it could be like mixed messages that's what i got yeah yeah if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet what would it be love is a verb mm. you're cute incubus <laughs> quote she has tattooed on herself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i write it everywhere mm-hmm. I try. you weren't allowed to listen to incubus because, because incubus is yeah like a demon <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> now i have two lyrics from a band called Incubus tattooed uh-huh. on my body. Look at me now. Love is a uh-huh. verb. Love is a verb. What about you? Um, I would say uh, get comfortable with being fun comfortable. You're the fun comfortable. Oh my gosh. Fun comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got it. So instead of it other ways, be risky, maybe. Mm-hmm. Be bold. And be find risky. the fun in, in being in, on, in the discomfort. <clears throat> I get it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. How can people connect with you guys and work with you guys? Do some mm-hmm. couples coaching or enroll in your program? Man- you have manifestation. Mm-hmm. Is that, I don't know if it's a virtual thing or not. So mm-hmm. just all the things of what they can do. Yep. So we have all kinds of things. Yeah. I have a men's group. We have another person on our team runs a women's group. We have one-on-one coaching under the sex and love co umbrella and have several coaches that are blah, blah, blah. Specialized in all kinds stop, of things, but stop it, stop it. at the end of the day, <laughs> find us on Instagram. Yeah. At, at conscious.bro for me and at that sex chick. For yeah. Us. It's, Yes, mm-hmm. that's what we find. It's us always funny us. when you when you start going to them. I'm like, you know what? If you like us, find us on Instagram. Yeah, Just find us on true. Instagram because the link that's in either of our bios has All different resources, kind of rotating, and mm-hmm. we have lots of fun things launching, whether that's free resources or pay for resources, and yeah, and yeah like we we always have something going on. I just downloaded Jill's <laughs> a relationship board meeting. Meeting, yeah. yeah. I just downloaded that. That was a that's one of y'all's free. Yep. Mm-hmm. things that i highly recommend we haven't done it yet but it's on our it's on our calendar for to do it yeah uh-huh. that's step one yeah it's the only step uh-huh. yeah and then you make the rest of the steps on at that step yeah, yeah. we've got that scheduled this week and some byron katie work sure. great yeah. loving what is uh-huh. yeah it's thank awesome. you guys Amazing. so much thank you thank for you. having this, this was really fun, fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys, that was really fun for me. I loved being able to interview them both at the same time because I got to see their dynamic and just, you know, especially it being in person, I got to see the the way that they looked at each other and just their exchanges. And I, I got to see really just the energy in each of them and how it fully supports the other person's evolution and growth and safety. I hope that you loved it too. And I would love to hear your feedback. Also, so I was looking at the numbers for the downloads of this episode of all of of the episodes. And if everyone would leave one review, it would make a huge difference in who I get to book on the show and um, getting paid sponsorships, like all the things. So if everyone listening can just leave a review, just a review, you don't even have to type anything out. You can just hit the five star. That's it. Or if you want to type something, you can, but it counts even if you just hit the five star. It would make such a difference for me. And 
I would be so, so thankful. So please, if you don't mind doing that, also hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss out on future episodes. Next week, I have their best friend, Bryn Daler on and it pairs perfectly with this episode so if you loved this one make sure to catch next week's by hitting the subscribe button all right gonna thank the affiliates pleasure wand and yoni eggs i love my pleasure wand i have the cervical wand i get cervical orgasms through it my yoni egg if you look up the benefits of yoni eggs you'll see that it also tones your face it is it just it's got so many benefits and uh, perfect for Kegels, perfect for manifestation. That's on wands.com, W-A-A-N-D-S.com, code Jade for a discount. I like to pair it with my other uh, tools at times from Dame. That's Dame Products for sex toys. That's also code Jade for a discount. And then all things CBD at directhemp.com, a better way to CBD, code Jade for a discount. And lastly, all things infrared from higher dose. I have my daily ritual on my bioenergy mat that's for grounding. I actually like what's crazy is sometimes like I'm feeling just really down and depressed and like a lack of serotonin or something. Not sure, but just feeling really down. And I'll lay on my bioenergy mat and just whatever I'm doing, whether I'm doing my taxes or writing something, I'll lay on the bioenergy mat during it. And I feel such a shift in my energy. It, it's got you know, crystal therapy in it, like 20 pounds of crystal therapy in it. So that may be it. Maybe the infrared, I'm not sure. May just be that I'm doing something for self-care, but it really freaking works, you guys. Uh, I also love my sauna blanket. What I love about it is I don't like to wash my hair a lot, but my sauna blanket, my only my body is sweating. And then I can just rinse that off without, you know, getting my hair wet. Call me gross if you want. And then I also love the infrared face mask. So, uh, so many things to choose from, but code Jade75 for $75 off there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. Again, it would mean so much if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. If someone crossed your mind during this interview, it's likely that they need to hear this episode. So go ahead and send it. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.